Hey friends, this is Musing Methodist, where we discuss important issues and topics for Christians uh, to ponder. My name is John Duff. I'm the assistant pastor here at Centenary UMC in Danville, Kentucky. And today we're talking about uh, various animal news stories, which I thought were very cool, and um, the issues surrounding uh, Ravi Zacharias, as well as like Christian leaders that have uh, fallen, have these integrity issues. Um, seems like there's a lot of them today. And I'm here with Chris today. I'm Chris Morgan. I am the lead pastor at Centenary here in Danville, and we are delighted to have with us today Jill Winter, the director of Children's Ministries. It's uh, hopefully winter will be gone soon. Yes, do not hold, hold <laughs> we winter want against Jill winter me. To be here today, people. Every time I go places Sorry. and I have to share my name, they just look at me yeah. like it's your fault. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. And Kathy's also with us today. Yay, hello. Hi, Kathy. Kathy. We like Kathy. Last week, Kathy was not able to be with us because we were at Chris's home. But, um, so we normally start the show just by sharing how we are doing and how our past kind of few days have been. So, uh, Kathy, do you want to share first? How are you doing? Is I'm doing well. I'm glad the ice is melting. Yeah, yeah. Nice to be able to get back out and the sun is shining. Yeah, that is awesome. I agree. Yeah. Okay. It's good to get so far. Good week so far. Cool. Um, Jill. I am doing great. Yeah. I love Tuesdays because I have a Zoom group on that meets Tuesday mornings, and they um, are some of my very best friends. Cool. And it's always a treat. Yeah. To meet. Cool. Over Zoom. Sweet. How are you doing, Chris? Um, I am. I am doing. You know, there's a lot of things that are going on, and some of them are really cool, and some of them are really the opposite of uh, of really cool. Uh, my daughter and granddaughter are visiting from Southern Kentucky, and cool. so that's always a nice thing to to have them around. And my granddaughter has this absolute obsession with ceiling fans. In oh, fact, yeah. she will not go to sleep if she can see a ceiling fan, oh, and gosh. so. Her eyes. And it wasn't even moving in was, that video no. that I saw. She just loves it. And she finds it less interesting if it's moving quickly. Now, okay. if, you, if you just move it a little bit, she she finds it even more more interesting. But, yeah. Cool. yeah. Ceiling fan-obsessed granddaughter. Yeah. Yeah. And me, I am proud of myself because I gave blood for the first time yesterday. So that was pretty cool. Nice. Jill actually gave blood, too. And... Last time we did the blood drive, Chris gave blood for the first time. Is that right? That's right. And I signed up again yesterday, and then I was reminded that you cannot lift heavy things for how long? Is it two days? Three days? Yeah. Something like that. And um, I am, in my current stage of life, required to lift uh, heavy things. So yeah. uh, I was not able to this time, but I, I will next time. Yeah, for sure. And... Uh, it went pretty well. I think I almost fainted, but I survived, so it's good. And it's not—it's not like I'm scared of the needle. It's just like when blood is flowing out of my body, I'm just like, "Oh gosh, this." It is can weird. be a weird feeling too. Yeah. So that was that was that. But um, anyways, anything more interesting to talk about before we get into our animal news? What could be more interesting than animal animals? Okay, animal. we have animal news. And say hi if you're if you're watching us. Do we have any comments? Yeah, Carol Blaney and hey, Carol. Oh, hey guys, good to good to see you guys. I'm excited for animal news. Uh, we sometimes we do animal news. Hey, I was going to ask Chris. Do you have the little um, 
intro song that you could do for animal news for our animal news segment? I'm a little chipmunk and I'm an animal. <laughs> there you go. That's about as good as I could. Practicing for animal news is coming your way. So our first thing, where'd the mouse go? There's the mouse. Our first. Where's the Are you talking about the computer mouse? You have to press, no, no, the computer press the mouse. top button and it the makes it come button. back alive. Okay, okay. <laughs> so our first animal news is about a yellow penguin that people have spotted off on a South Georgian island. So this is not uh, Georgia, the state. I'm pretty sure it's Georgia, the country. But they've spotted a... Actually, it's the only one that they've spotted in the world. A yellow penguin. And I thought it was pretty cool. They actually found it in December 2019, but they only recently released photos. I don't know why they did that. But it's taking the internet by storm. Uh, So the article says that typically, uh, obviously, penguins have black and white um, coats with a yellow gold dash of um, color on their collar. But um, this particular penguin seems to have retained its yellow feathers but lost its dark ones. Uh, They say uh, this could be... Due to when I first like saw this, I was like, "Oh man, pollution, dude! Like that's killing the penguins and turning them yellow." You know, um, that's what I thought. But it says it, it can sometimes be due, due to injury, diet, or disease, and also mutations in the bird's genes. And so, uh, for this one, they think it was a mutation in the genes in which they lost the pigments that color it black and others that color it yellow. So. I thought that was pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. So, was this, I suppose they don't know, but was the penguin, the penguin apparently is survived and so it was accepted by its parents, I guess? I guess. Because I think that might be a problem sometimes. Yeah, that's true. Well, and they said one of the problems with being different colored is like being accepted and like the mating things they do based on color and I don't really know that much, but Jill's a scientist, so. And I don't understand. I don't know like what color eyes penguins generally have. Yeah, this it seems penguin like it's different. seems like a different color eye as well as uh, the the coat. And you know, poor guy. All these all these people with tuxedos standing up around him. And you came and, casual. Yeah, you know, I'm like uh... this non tuxedo look going on. Yeah, here. so he he maybe he could be in a rebel penguin. He's a rebel penguin. He could come to the contemporary service. <laughs> We'd be okay with that. Anybody can come to the contemporary So, service. yeah, yeah. That is our first animal news segment. Our second animal news <laughs> segment is about a fat rat that was saved from a manhole in, in Germany. And, I th- okay, this actually article was on BBC, and it's from, like, February 2019. And I've been wanting to kind of mention it for a while now. <laughs> and it just fit with all the animal news that we're doing. Um, the article starts out, she had a lot of winter flab. <laughs> And no stuck. relation to Jill Winter. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. And was stuck fast at her hip. Uh, there was no going forward or back. Animal rescuer Michael Sayre told the local uh, media. And so apparently this this rat had been stuck in the manhole, as you can see. I don't know how it got stuck, because how do you get in there if you can't get back out again? But And then someone called Animal Rescue, and uh, the guy says, Even animals that are hated by many deserve respect. And so they actually had to get a bunch of volunteer firefighters uh, reacted to the call on Sunday afternoon, uh, and uh, the Animal Rescue Small Animal Code 
Uh, with the help of a full team of firefighters. This took a full team of firefighters. Well, would you want to be left out? I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Let's all true. go. Yeah. The, does, does it strike anybody else as funny that, that okay, we have these highly trained people who are, who are trained to put out, like, infernos, yep. and also. a cat is way up in a tree, yeah. and we call the fire department, and a mouse is stuck in a manhole cover. Yeah. Who should we call? And uh, we oh, call the fire department. Yeah, so uh, it says, with the help of a full team of firefighters, the manhole cover was lifted and propped on the wedges while Mr. Sir managed to pop the rotund rat free. (laughs) And then she was released straight back into the sewer, but not before some close-up photographs were taken. Uh, And apparently... they had they had a lot of a lot of compliments for doing this. Apparently, the animal rescue squad, and then um, uh, wait up. They they said they did end up receiving some hand drawn pictures of the rat surrounded by hearts from the little girl who first found the distressed and squeaking creature. So the, the this little girl drew the rat and hearts around the rat. So in this, I would not do that. But in this story about about the rat, I find these two sentences that are that are intriguing to me. A fairly large rescue operation ensued, leading some to question why all the effort was spent on saving a sewer rat. Yeah, Mister Sear responded, "Even animals that are hated by many deserve respect." Yeah, he's got a good heart. There you go. Got to go down to the sewer and eat our junk. And I would like to point out at this point that we have children here at Centenary who own pet rats. Oh, there you go. Love them. They're smart. Yep, I've even met them. Hmm. I have heard that rats... You've met the children or the rats? (laughs) The rats. Oh, okay. Obviously the children. (laughs) I've heard they make great pets. I also heard the skunks that are... Descented make amazing pets as oh, well. Really? Very smart. That's cool. How do you do that? Do you just get all their stuff take, out of Take the gland out that oh, okay. produces the, the skunk. And my skunk story, you know, I if I have my camera with me, it takes me forever to get from point A to point B because I'll see something. Well, I saw a skunk one time, okay. and I'm like, I'm going to sneak up behind this skunk, and I'm going to take a picture of this skunk <laughs> up close. And so I just slammed on the brakes, and I walked out across this field, and I'm like right there at the skunk, and Rimmelson, thinking this is a good idea, jumps out of the back seat and starts screaming. Aah! Oh gosh! I could see. Fortunately, yeah. the skunk did not direct its attention That's to funny. me, but directed his attention to screaming Rimmelson. So, did but he was far enough spray? away. Yeah, it was far enough away. Oh, that it didn't. oh okay. Our enough. senior pastor, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, and so our third animal news article um, uh, poses an interesting ethical question, and I thought we could talk about it because we like to talk about ethics on the show. We're, we'll get into ethics later, too. <laughs> but this one, uh, Target drops ch- chow cow coconut milk over allegations of monkey uh, labor. So the article reads, Target is the latest major retailer to stop selling chow co- I don't know how to say it. Coconut milk following accusations of its manufacturer using monkey labor. Okay, so this is 
in uh, in Thailand where they're doing the monkey labor. Investigation conducted by the nonprofit found that uh, the Thailand-based company is exploiting monkeys and lying about it. Monkeys are forced to pick coconuts and perform for tourists, and uh, they are tethered, chained to old tires, or confined to cages barely larger than their bodies. That's um, So some yeah. companies have changed their practices, uh, but others simply hide the monkeys when auditors come to check on the animals. So I thought it was an interesting article, um, and I think it's important to, to think about the way we treat animals. But I also think it's interesting that we're worried about monkey labor, but we, like, eat cows and pigs and stuff. So how does the, how does the pig respond to, well... We need to treat the monkeys better. Well, we do say, though, that our farm animals should not be chained and kept in cages. Yeah. yeah. I mean, their life should be should be fairly good. I think that's the same issue. Like, I first yeah. laughed when I saw that headline. Yeah, yeah. Monkey labor. Yeah. I thought, what? Yeah. But when they say they're chained in cages, that's... Cages that are barely wrong. larger than yeah. themselves. Yeah. Although you have the history of agriculture, certainly yeah. it's not animal labor. Animal labor has gotten us where we are as far as uh, our agricultural economy. You know, oxen uh, that that pulled for a long time, and um, even the, what the Old Testament talks mm-hmm. about, though, uh, has always intrigued me. Yeah, that that animals are even concerned. Uh, there, there even is a concern about animals in the Old Testament literature. You, you shall yeah. not muzzle an ox. Yeah. While it is, while it is doing its job. And let them eat. Yeah. Some of their labor. Let them, yeah. let them participate in it. And, uh, and how a man treats or a woman treats the animals that uh, they own is considered to be a part of ethics, a part of. Uh, and even the trees too. It says when I was reading in Deuteronomy. The other day it says when you go up and besiege a city do not destroy the trees around it because i guess that was probably common practice and so god says don't do that don't do that yeah so so ethical animal practice so speaking of ethics tonight we're or today it's not tonight we're going to talk about um the robbie zacharias uh, happenings and the ethical questions there um and if you haven't heard uh or if you don't know who Ravi Zacharias is, Ravi Zacharias was a famous uh, what's his apologetic, apologist. yeah, apologist, which means uh, he kind of reasoned uh, for Christian faith. He liked to uh, give uh, logical arguments for the Christian faith uh, to help those, especially in the intellectual realm, that have difficulty with the intellectual side of Christianity and just like the idea of God in general. Um, so, so he did a lot of work in there. Uh, and he passed away last year, 2020. Um, and uh, even before he died, there were some allegations and uh, some claims that he had abused uh, women or um, had been asking women to send him pictures of themselves to his phone. Um, but most of those got squashed. But then after his death, um, kind of more investigation has come out and, and more things have come out of, of the miss. Uh, treatment that he had uh, practiced and it says um, he hid lots of pictures of women's he there's abuse uh, during his massages and a rape allegation as well and so w- w- the issue is like okay a couple things that apparently he did one he was like part ownership of a massage parlor which um, what was your reaction to that Chris well I, I thought it was strange 
you know, of, of all of the, the businesses that he might have gotten involved in. But um, he he had back trouble that required um, regular massages. And, and so he actually traveled the world with a masseuse uh, whenever he would go to different places. It's later been found out that he had the names of, of over 200 um, masseuses in his phone. Um, many, many of whom have come forward to say that in their time with him, um, there was there was more going on than, than should have been going on. Now, the, the issue here is that Robin Zacharias was just an enormously effective apologist for yeah. the Christian faith. And yeah. if you if you watch his presentations, if you if you talk to people who know him, um, you know, even when he died, uh, you know, I am I am not necessarily a fan of uh, it's not that I'm not a fan of apologetics There's a place for that. But that's just not my way of approaching. You know, I don't yeah, yeah. I don't know that I have ever argued somebody into the faith. I think I've loved people into the faith. Mm-hmm. I've not argued. But but there are a certain number of people who need that intellectual stimulation. And he was able to give that mm-hmm. in a way that that very few have been able to, to give. And so that enormous effectiveness, uh, the fact that he traveled so often, um, he put in, 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 he put in place parameters that would prevent him from being alone with people. And yet, because he was the one who created those parameters, he also knew how to circumvent them. Yeah. yeah. And it, uh, you know, it's it's really a sad thing, I think, to look at the public persona of someone who spent decades in the public yeah. eye and who really was gifted uh, in, in an enormous way and to recognize that the public persona and then something else that is, is, is going on alongside that are so radically different in, in how people are treated and... and uh, we as Christian, on the one hand, we shouldn't be surprised by that. I mean, if we if we have this, mm-hmm. uh, some people would call it original sin. Some people call it human depravity. The idea that the line between good and evil is not us and them, but the, the line between good and evil runs right through me. I am I am capable of great yeah. love. I am also capable of, of deceit and dishonesty. Yeah. Um, and, and so yeah, we'll get to we forget about that. Yeah, yeah. So what, Jill, what was... When you heard about this, what was kind of your first thoughts or reactions? Um, well, here we go again. <laughs> yeah, that was part of my reaction. Yeah, um, and and I, I see a lot of this in the media, I guess. And so many people, I think the part that really gets me is so many people take the side of the perpetrator. And they yeah. say, you know... All of us have sinned. Mm-hmm. We, you know, he fell and he was tempted. And and I think that's disingenuous. Yeah. I think you you don't accidentally abuse somebody. Yeah. You don't like, oh, my goodness, I, I didn't, you know, I left the house today and, oh, it yeah. just happened. Yeah. Um, and and I've, I think I take a little issue with the, the wording that you're using, the fall of him, okay. because he did not suddenly topple off. Yeah, this yeah. was on purpose. It was it was engineered in his brain, and these women yeah. that fell under this have been um, seriously traumatized. They have 
left the state, they have changed their names, they have, <laughs> they have uh, been through counseling. Um, it's not a, it's not a small issue. Yeah, and uh, my first reaction was similar to yours of, here we go again. But it, it's, I think it's also worse than some with Ravi because um, there have been some Christian leaders that have fallen into uh, sexual misconduct that might have been more uh, just like adultery yeah, um, and, and not as much of a, abuse. Um, and uh, this was uh, really, really bad abuse. And, and also when he was accused back in 2017, um, he was like, oh, this woman's just attacking me. Um, and one of the things that frustrated me a lot about that was the investigation done into that, I thought was, was pretty poorly done. Mm -hmm. uh, like, for example, the investigation into that asked him um, to let them have his phone so they could look at his phone that was not a company phone. And he basically just said no. And they just went on. And they, they and like, that's not okay for a Christian leader who's being investigated to not turn over his phone and, and the ministry and, and, and his to work be is completely open yeah, about Yeah. It. And then he, yeah. And I, I had heard too that they had hired um, a sort of a tough cop person yeah. to, to go and interview these women to try to get them to recant. And um, that is just, that is awful. Yeah. That is yeah. awful. Absolutely. But it, it, am I right in that the, like even the tough cop kind of listened to the stories and came back and said, there's, there's something here. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. I may, I may be wrong about that, but, but as I understand the pro progression of events, um, it became clear that just, just looking into it, it became clear that there was more going on here than, yeah. than someone trying to take advantage of somebody else's name. Mm -hmm. And that's when another firm was brought in, um, to, to deal with those allegations. Yeah. I have to say I was very impressed uh, initially when the ministry came forward with their statement. Um, it is very unusual to see an organization come forward in a way that apologizes with a real sincere apology rather than say, we're so sorry that you felt hurt. That's yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but acknowledged that um, this abuse had taken place. Now, does it go far enough? That's debatable. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that if you're a victim, it does not feel <laughs> yeah. sufficient. Um, but I was surprised. Absolutely. There was, there was one story that I read this past week um, in, in which the, the final section, it may have been the Christianity Today piece, where, where the, the woman who um, came forward or, or who, who began... It, this was the day of his funeral mm -hmm. when she turned on the television and mm -hmm. she saw like the vice president, she saw um, Tim Tebow and, and all of these celebrations. And she thought to herself, has no one come forward? Mm -hmm. and, and that's when she reached out and um, found someone who, who has just been uh, anti Robbie for, for years and years and, and had documented a couple of other things including that he padded his academic credentials. I mean, there, there were, there were some signs of, of, of character not being exactly what, what one would hope for in a Christian leader. Um, but, but she described what has happened as answered prayer because mm -hmm. she felt that she felt that he would never be held accountable and that 
the organization would never admit what had gone on. Mm -hmm. um, and so there was a there was a sense of relief uh, at, at the end of that article that that she had finally been heard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have any more thoughts on that, Julie? I do, but I have to I have to re go okay. fishing for him. Okay. <laughs> I had one and then it like disappeared. <laughs> well, and one of kind of where I wanted to, us uh, to move a little bit is uh, to the issue of uh, this does seem to happen a lot, whether it's um, abuse or just sexual misconduct among Christian leaders. And um, I have a suspicion uh, that it's not just, um, how do I say this? It's not just, oh, these things are happening uh, because this happens. I think it has to do with the way we practice leadership oftentimes in uh, especially the American, uh, con the country of America in general, uh, the way we practice leadership and the way we practice uh, Christian leadership. So I, I kind of want us to kind of think about and ask the question of, of what are the things that we can do um, not just as leaders, but also um, for for those in the in the pews and and with us that can help uh, prevent these things. And what what is leading us to these things? Um, and uh, I have a few thoughts on that. But you guys have any thoughts on that? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I I want to just point out something. Um, so I, I've seen a little shift in um, the way abuse is treated. Um, from the children's perspective, yeah. like I'm in charge of doing background checks and, mm -hmm. and being kind of a gatekeeper to those who volunteer with our ministry here. Um, it used to be, well, we need to, you know, background check and we need to interview and we need to do this and this and this, and, and it's not enough. Yeah. Um, and so some of the training has shifted a little bit to making sure that we see red flags. Okay. Yeah. Um, and especially parents see red flags with those that they entrust their children to, whether it be a coach or a teacher or a Sunday school person or um, a pastor or anybody, a friend down the, you know, a, an uncle, you know? Um, yeah. And I think that's very helpful to be um, educated on some of the warning signs that are in common mm -hmm. with these cases. Yeah, for sure. So from a cultural perspective, you're noticing that that we are becoming highly attuned to the signs of abuse or neglect. We have a long way to go, a long yeah. way to go. But yes, that I think is a an area of very fruitful investigation. Yeah, absolutely. So um, let me throw out a couple of my thoughts on the way we do leadership, especially mm -hmm. in the American Christianity. Uh, one is that we often, uh, well, we're having more and more mega churches and celebrity celebrity pastors and celebrity Christians. Mm -hmm. um, and the problem of this is it's driven by money. Uh, who can draw a crowd? Who can write the books that gets read? And so it's more about the money that we can bring in uh, than the character uh, of the of the person, the fruit of the spirits. Uh, that they show. So it, being able to draw a crowd is not ever listed in the Bible as a character of a, a great leader, as, as you have to be able to do this. But this is something that 
America and American Christians love and, and, and they celebrate. And then on top of that, those are the people that get to write books uh, that bring in money because of their big name and their big church. Um, and, and this is, uh, I, and I'm not, I don't, I, I don't want to bash mega churches. Um, it's just more of the system uh, that is in place in America right now. Um, well, and let me go a bit further with that. Uh, yeah. The people who generally have the giftings to, to be able to do those kinds of things. Uh, yeah. You're, you're not going to take a church from 12 people to 12,000 people if you are not highly, highly driven. Yeah. Uh, if, if you are not um, absolutely a go-getter. And, and I think that in some way that, uh, you know, my therapist friends or psychologist friends could, could probably uh, delve into a little further, but in some way, uh, a person that has those kinds of extreme giftings, yeah, uh, the the shadow side to that is that they have a particular view of themselves and a particular view of how they relate to other people that can be more than problematic. Um, and yeah. so it's not unusual to see highly successful people who really lack, in some sense, people skills, but who also see themselves as as above allowed to do more Mm -hmm. because of their gifts yeah absolutely and uh oh and and oftentimes and and i think it's important to note that sometimes these types of people get into ministry for the right reason like they they feel called by god they they feel like they want to do what god wants them to do but then there's this switch at some point in their ministry, it changes and becomes more about uh, growth in numbers and uh, then obviously books and money and crowds than intimacy with God and helping people draw closer with God. And, um, and, and of that, kind of another way of putting this leadership issue is um, I, I studied leadership at, at the seminary and... Um, kind of the older school of leadership, well, not really older school, it's older school a little bit, is kind of this great man or great uh, personality-driven leadership, uh, which we have seen some great, great people lead this way. Um, uh, But this is what sets up people like Robbie um, and and these megachurch pastors that then fall uh, versus what at Asbury they really, really push is, is team leadership. Uh, and how to work with a team and how to uh, work together rather than just being one personality focused. And, and really, this is also scriptural leadership. If you, if you look at Paul in, in Romans 12 with the, the body of Christ. Um, but the, the thing about the, the great man issue is I, I think of um, I think of uh, I read Robbie, one of Robbie's uh, um, biographies that he wrote of, of an auto, so I guess autobiography of, uh, of it was especially of him growing up and as he began into ministry. And I remember him saying they were going to name his organization after himself. And they said, that way, Ravi, the organization will rise and fall with your integrity. And, and it's just so striking to me that this is the case. That this Prophetic. is the whole the whole ministry is crashing. Whereas if they had been able to take a more team approach, um, one maybe this might have not have happened as easily, and two, um, uh, the the ministry could go on. Which I would like to bring up 
as one of possibly the extreme positives of the United Methodist system of, of the way they move pastors and elders around uh, so that elders do not, uh, it, it, churches become less personality centric and more congregational centric, uh, which maybe that might stop growth based, but that growth would have been based on personality rather than uh, true intimacy or true, true teamwork. Um, so what are y'all's thoughts on kind of those ideas that I just threw out? We we have examples in the United Methodist Church of of pastors who have planted churches and have grown churches to extraordinary size and, and then retired. And and we we get a chance to see how much of that growth, how much of that mm-hmm. was yeah. uh, personality driven and in some of those cases, frankly, it's been disappointing to me that what seemed to be healthy functioning mm-hmm. church of people who love Jesus and love serving the world, um, for whatever reason, they, they have been drawn to that individual pastor in such mm-hmm. a way that they just are ready to go church shopping when retirement comes. Yeah. It's, it's a strange thing. Absolutely. You got thoughts, Joe? Um, I think the danger here is personality following somebody Mm -hmm. because of their personality or following somebody because of their ideology if you if you are a christian because of those things and not because of christ yeah i think that is i think we really need to examine our own faith and say Mm -hmm. yeah and say who am i following here am i following this person or am i following christ yeah if if you're only the way Wesley would put it is if your only means of grace, only way of connecting with God is through your pastor and through sermons on Sunday morning, then that's not a robust enough (laughs) Christianity. Well, I I believe too, we need to be praying for wisdom and Mm -hmm. for discernment because um, I'm positive that God would be on the side, the side of discernment (laughs) and wisdom. um, If we were to ask him for that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and kind of my last thing on on this of, of what we look in for leaders is um, a kind of a, a a warning that so often we do look at intelligence, um, and and not that intelligence is wrong, but intelligence is not a substitute for intimacy with God, um, and which in the resulting intimacy of with God is the fruit of the spirit, uh, so gentleness, kindness, love. Um, and, and so often we, in in our American context, and probably in any context, uh, we value that intelligence, especially in you know something uh, the, the the line of work Ravi was in, uh, where those things are important. And, and sometimes I fall into that as a pastor. Like um, I, I I like listening to the guys who are you know brilliant and, and whatnot. Uh, but there's also like I've I've definitely watched a past. I remember watching a a pastor at the seminary in our chapel. And uh, I remember him preaching. I remember what he was saying. I was like, what are you saying? Right. But I'm not quite sure. I believe like his, his character behind it. Yeah. Like, I'm not quite sure. Like I believe what he's saying is, is really the way he lives. Yeah. Um, and so we need to be aware of that and, and think on those things. So that's important. And I think back over, okay. So I grew up, in South Carolina, um, I was a kid when Jim and Tammy Baker and the Heritage USA scandal um, 
erupted and and you know the Jim and Tammy Baker show yeah it, it, the the things that we name the names that we choose uh, for organizations talk about the importance of the person in that organization and so Ravi Zacharias's ministry is named after him um, I I am trained in ancient languages I am trained in um, in interpretation uh, I have a great deal of training in that but I want to say to both of you and to, to Kathy over there if you ever see me send out a proposal for the Chris Morgan study Bible <laughs> you you can punch me yeah. in the face right. because there are some things that <laughs> yeah, yeah the, there is no reason for my yeah. name yeah. to be on a Bible unless it's my Bible, and it's been inscribed there. So if I leave it somewhere, uh, somebody <laughs> else can get it back to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, so so there's a there's a personal part to this that that you know when we name things after great personalities, yeah, um, we're also we're also putting those personalities I'm at a pistol. level. Yeah. yeah. And that's that in and of itself can be deformational to that person. Yeah. Uh, whereas they got into it with pure motives, and then they're like, "Oh, I'm great. Everybody loves me." <laughs> and then whatever I do is right. Yeah, exactly. And so I have a couple other questions and thoughts to to finish this out. Did you have something? Well, I just want to make sure that we uh, lift the voices of the victims here. Yeah. Um, people should not be discounted just because you like a certain personality. Um, that's true and and especially in sexual abuse I would say there's a great deal of shame that that they carry and guilt and um, I just I just want us to remember that there are real women I mean (laughs) real people that have been terribly Mm -hmm. um, affected by not only um, this abuse case but um, other cases and the degree to which that was intertwined with spirituality. Yes, that's a, um, such a sin. If, oh. you, if you tell yeah. someone and damage my reputation, you will be responsible, responsible for yeah. millions of people losing their faith, is yeah. what he told one of his victims. Yes, and I just think that is the worst. disgusting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and his denomination has, has pulled his credentials uh, yeah. posthumously. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So. And I have a couple other questions. One, um, one of the questions that this brings up is kind of this debate of, okay, can we have leadership where men and women work together without fearing abuse or emotional or sexual misconduct? Uh, because there are some people that are like, well, then you can't have yeah. men and women work together. So uh, what's your, Jill, your response to that question? Um, of course you can have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> People, men and women working together where there is no abuse um, of power or of anything. And, um, and I will even take issue with that Billy Graham rule that says mm-hmm. don't be alone with a woman. Women are yeah. not dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Come on. <laughs> um, you know, it, it can be dangerous. It can be um, difficult for a woman to be a person who works in the world if no one will spend any time alone. Um, and I, there are, there are, you know, there are places you should be careful and there are places you need to set boundaries, but it is absolutely possible. Yeah, absolutely. To work together 
and there's wisdom and discernment there, but there's also not um, not pretending like knowing yourself, and also not pretending like everything's going to end up with misconduct, right. right? You know, right. So, yeah, and that's important. Do you have any thoughts on that, Chris? Or? I think that just being accountable, not yeah. just to yourself, uh, but being accountable to mm-hmm. your your staff, to the group of people that you are that you are working with, surrounding yourself with with people that you can be real with, mm-hmm. and um, you know, understanding that 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 line between good and evil is drawn mm-hmm. through every one of us. And I, I have known pastors. Who you know would would say I'd never be tempted in this way or that way, and you know, I'm a grandfather now. I'm old enough to have seen some of them uh, make decisions that that they probably uh, never envisioned that they would make. Um, but but one choice after another choice after another choice. So I, I think that that having an accountability system in in place, being authentic with people, and yeah. an accountability system that you do not put in place. For your own purposes, let's yeah, yeah. let's make ourselves uh, subject to somebody else's accountability system as well. Yeah, yeah, and and this is also one big reason why I'm such a fan of team leadership, uh, because one of the issues is is how do young women get mentored into leadership yes. positions um, when right now culturally a lot of the leaders are just male because that's just uh, the way that it is. And so, um, for example, I work with uh, college students a lot. And obviously, I have to be very wise and discerning uh, and careful with uh, the the college uh, women. And so uh, what can help with that is if I have a college leadership team and we meet as a team and we do mentoring and planning that way rather than just um, Mm one-on-one and uh, and, and other things as well and accountability and, uh, you know, if something's happening, I talk with Chris or whoever and and whatnot. And so that's really good. So um, I I also wanted to kind of end us out here with, um, so what should we do? And and it's not not really asking the question for um, just us, because uh, a lot of people listening, uh, maybe they're not going to be in the position where they have um, control over this huge ministry, (laughs) you know, in life. where they have to hold themselves accountable, but many of them are part of the church, um, and and many of them uh, will come into contact with different the leaders. Uh, so what what does this kind of teach us about the way uh, that we should engage our leaders and think about our leaders and, and that? So you guys have thoughts on that? You want me to throw out some of my thoughts? Yes, but... <laughs> I think that. That what we look for in leadership yeah. has to be more than a charismatic figure mm-hmm. who holds our attention longer than another person. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that the, if if a leader is not exhibiting the fruit of the spirit in some way, yeah, uh, that leader can only marginally be called a Christian leader if she or he is a Christian leader at all. Yeah, absolutely. So character matters Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think that we need to be conscious and i'm just gonna say it again conscious of the of small people's voices yeah um they do not get dismissed we we listen 
We, yeah, absolutely. You know, we look into things. We if if somebody you know needs a little bit extra, then we give it to them. You know, um, you you have got to listen to everybody's voice. Yeah, yeah, and I think especially for leaders, one of the things I look for in a Christian leader is willingness uh, to take feedback, mm-hmm. willingness to be held accountable. Because there are some te- there are some leaders who uh, you might say, hey, I think this is kind of iffy, and I think we maybe should think about doing it another way, and they get upset. Yeah. And they're like, why are you challenging me? And that's that's not okay in a Christian leader. Um, and, Don't uh, challenge me or I will fire you. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's a big red flag. <laughs> a big red flag. And, yeah. and, then, uh, and then, like Chris has told me many times, if I'm acting like a jerk, please tell me. <laughs> or, or, or please punch me in the face if I ever do this. Um, and, and and like this, these are important points of the leaders. Um, I would encourage you to really know your leaders. That's a problem with the leaders of um, huge organizations. You can read their books and their stuff, but you don't know who they are. You don't you don't know their character. And they often have levels of protection between mm-hmm. them and a regular yeah. person. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then I would also encourage you to take uh, small steps of courage. Um, you may not be on staff or the leader of a big ministry, but you might be, for example, on SBRC and you see something that's kind of iffy and you're like, oh, I don't know if I should speak out. And that's, and yes, you should. Every, yeah, exactly. And then everyone else Every is time. like, not sure. But if no one speaks out, then no one can say, oh yeah, I saw that too. And, and whether it's just a small thing, I mean, it, it could be just uh, a little bit of, uh, um, ill treatment of uh, another person and not even that big of a thing, but you should say, Hey, I don't, I don't think the way you talked to that person was, uh, I don't really think that's okay. Um, and, and take the courage to do that so that then, um, it is terrifying to do that by the way. It is terrifying to even bring up a small thing. Um, it's, it's can be really scary. So you're going to need a lot of courage. Absolutely. And And friends. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you all are, um, Centenary, and uh, the pastors that come in and out are not centenary. You all are, and you can hold them to uh, accountability. Uh, and, and whether you're on Ad Council, SBRC, or whatever you're on, it's important to speak out. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's important. Sense. It's important that our leaders uh, have character and have integrity. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will speak on behalf of you know myself as a as a part of this community and, and I am just at, I'm overjoyed by the leadership team that we have in place mm-hmm. in this yeah. congregation and the way that we do interact with each other and and uh, talk to each other um, challenge each other at times uh, yeah I think we we have a positive culture that is being formed it's always it's always an evolving thing you know yeah. it's always something that you, know, you never got it but you're, you're living it, and you're living it each week, uh, each month. Um, but it's always, you know, it's not just, it's not just pastors who, who face the yeah. uh, charismatic role model kind of a, a, a figure. There are mm-hmm. certainly people in, in industry and uh, people in politics and uh, people in many different fields. Um, there is this idea that, that, People are above the behaviors that are expected of others, mm-hmm. and uh, we want to be conscious of the things that, that contribute to that kind of uh, understanding. Yeah.
Jill, do you have any closing thoughts on that? I am really grateful that um, this podcast addresses some of these controversial issues because I think it's important for us to talk about them. And I think it's important for us to um, let people know that it, it's okay to talk about them and that we should be talking about them. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Jill. So I'm um, really happy. Yeah, that wraps up our conversation on that. Uh, coming up, it's Lent, and tomorrow night, Wednesday night, we're doing our uh, Bible study on the atonement. That's in the multipurpose room at 6.30. Tomorrow, we'll be looking at the ransom theory. Oh, awesome. We need to... You need to let me know. We need, we need to talk about that. Don't we? <laughs> Chris has let done me learn some, about that today. Chris has done some outlining. <laughs> no, and so we haven't been together on that. But anyways, and then uh, worship on Sunday morning, right? That's basically what we got going on right now. And I'm almost certain the parking lot will be in better shape. It is clear. This Sunday than it was yeah. two days ago. Yeah. Absolutely. That's nice. And we had a pretty good turnout for we the did. parking lot. Especially the, the morning, the 9 o'clock the service. The 9 o'clock service. Was really was... good. I need to challenge people more often. You can't get to church. Oh, yes, we can. (laughs) (laughs) We we set up a blockade. You have to get around. (laughs) Make it a challenge. Okay, cool. Chris, would you send us out with a blessing? We all have names, names that have been given to us by others. Um, We have names that sometimes we want to promote and uh, we want to see associated with wisdom and integrity. Um, but the name that God has given us is the name Christian, little Christ follower of Jesus. And no matter what our name is, if Christian is not who we are at our core, we have yet to become the people God intends for us to Mm -hmm. become. And so this week, as you continue on doing the tasks that are set before you, following the proddings of the spirit that arise within you, praying to the God who loves you and stands beside you to give you courage. Know who you are. You are a Christian. In you, God intends to bear the fruit of the spirit. And through you, God intends for his love to impact and influence every sphere that that you live in and operate within. So go in peace knowing who you are, that your name is written in the book of life and that our names are all subsumed in that glorious Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who give us our true identity. Go in peace. See you guys.